I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. According to the Kapoor Center's newly issued report, the state of tech diversity, the black tech ecosystem, the technology sector contributes significantly to the United States economy, employing 12.4 million tech workers and growing by nearly 200,000 jobs per year. Many tech occupations, including cybersecurity, data scientists, and software developers have projected growth of four to five times the national rate of overall employment growth, with the big five tech companies topping $1.4 trillion in revenue. Their stocks accounting for 23% of the S&P 500, the median tech wage being 89% higher than the national median wage, and beyond the size of the workforce, the wealth created by the technology sector is astronomical. While the COVID-19 pandemic has dramatically accelerated digitization and our reliance on technology, even with the scale of the industry, the persistent and pervasive underrepresentation of Black professionals in the sector remains a significant challenge. Despite a decade of attention on the lack of racial diversity in the tech sector and the recent statements of commitment to racial equity, current data suggests that very little progress has been made in increasing Black representation across any levels in the tech sector. As a result of the tech sector excluding Black people, Black communities are negatively impacted by automation, income inequality, and lack of access to wealth creation through investment and entrepreneurship. The tech products created and deployed multiply these harms and produce additional harms through algorithmic bias in education, employment, facial recognition, and surveillance tools. Furthermore, there are unchecked tools and platforms that aid the prolific manufacture and spread of mis- and disinformation, polarization, white supremacy, and the fracturing of democracy. Here with us to discuss the tech industry, entrepreneurship, and the critical needs for diversity in these spaces, we have diversity advocate and history-making founder and president of Eminent Future, Mr. Isaac Barnes. Imminent Future is the quickly scaling Black-owned tech firm that has just made history within our community with the recent award of a $13.4 billion defense contract with the U.S. Air Force and the U.S. Space Force. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. 
Isaac Barnes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ramses. Appreciate this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, let's let's start at the beginning, as we do. Uh, share a bit about yourself, you know, your upbringing, what led you to this career path. Let's establish it. So thanks for asking that question. I appreciate that, too, because I love to tell people where this started. Most people, you know, like looking at the story and looking at the headlines and they see, you know, this this amazing thing and they think it happened overnight. But this has been a long journey and a long time coming. So I am the president, as you mentioned, of Eminent Future. Eminent Future is a product and innovation company. Mm-hmm. We focus on helping the federal government create and implement societal change. And our focus is doing that using technology, right? Mm-hmm. I have, you know, started my journey. You know, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I started my journey uh, on 9-11 day. That's the day I say my actual journey down this path started. And that's what's, that's the, you know, the moment that showed me that, you know, it's going to take fearlessness to, to survive and get out of the, you know, the, the situation that I was living in. And so if you read the story, you know, I talk about it all the time. My, my father passed away on my 18th birthday and I had to celebrate, celebrate my graduation. I had to celebrate my father passing and I had to celebrate, you know, uh, just turning 18 and becoming an adult. And so that year of my life was one of depression. It was one of anxiety. It was one of confusion, anger, frustration, so many emotions. Right. And the way I've always channeled those emotions is into creating things and, and, you know, using it as fuel to push myself. And so around, you know, between that year, this was in 2000, from 2000 to 2001, I had to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. And I had to do it without my best friend and my mentor, my, you know, the number one guide that I had at that point in time. And so I decided to go to the Marine Corps and become a computer programmer. And, you know, I ended up leaving October 15th of 2001 because the flights were grounded on 9-11, right? So that's when this real journey started of me saying, you know what, I'm not going to look back. I'm just going to keep pushing forward no matter what's on the other side of this, you know, this situation and this journey. And it was terrifying, you know, and that, that led me down this path. That's how it all began is, is starting from a, you know, a underprivileged neighborhood in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, and then transitioning from there to going into the Marine Corps and being a computer programmer. So you've obviously had a very long journey to get to the point where you're handling, you know, billion dollar defense contracts mm-hmm. um, with the government. Uh, so let's talk about maybe one or, or a couple of standout moments in your entrepreneurship journey, uh, especially with you, I'm assuming being the only or maybe perhaps just one of a few black people in the room at different points along the way. Are there some standout moments? Uh, uh, there's a lot. Around? There's a lot, man. <laughs> and that's another great question. So there's a lot of standout moments throughout that journey. And nine times out of 10, I was in rooms with majority non-black people, mm-hmm. I would say. And then also people that were much older than me, right? Most of the founders in our industry I would say the average age has to be probably about 55, 54, somewhere around there, right? So I'm not only am I black, not only am I one of the only people from the type of neighborhood I come from, Mm -hmm. I'm also one of the youngest in most of these rooms, right? Mm -hmm. I just was fortunate enough to start my career off in tech, you know, and I literally as a 19 year old is when I got into the Marine Corps, I started off in tech. And so 
I basically have spent 20 years of my career in tech and there's been many of those little micro moments that are super significant into helping me, you know, helping shape who I am today, yeah. right? From, you know, working for the Commandant in the Marine Corps six months after I joined and being, you know, a computer programmer and his data uh, analytics person to leaving the Marine Corps and working for the Secretary of Defense and supporting his office wow. and then leaving there and going to work for the Navy and then leaving there and starting my company. So through that journey, you know, I've had some really good people along the way who have kind of, you know, disregarded and given opportunities. They, they weren't looking at my color. They weren't looking at my age. They were more so focused on this person has drive and determination and he's intelligent. So I'm going to do everything in my power to help him out. Right. And so I never asked anybody for anything. That's another thing I want people to understand. I never asked anybody for anything. I, I've only asked for help and guidance and information. And that's one of the key things I would say. Most of those moments have been information based moments where I had these amazing ahas and I just strung them together to get to this point. Now, you mentioned, you know, having drive and determination. You mentioned, you know, asking for help at different points in the career. You know, as we mentioned that, you know, uh, black folks are underrepresented in tech industries. Um, now, those bits of advice were great bits of advice. Um, if you had to talk to someone who was wanting to break into the tech industry and they, they wanted to blaze a path of their own or maybe follow your footsteps, what would you let them know to expect on that journey? I would say expect to not see anyone that looks like you and <laughs> get, get, get used to being comfortable in that situation sure. um, and not judge yourself and criticize yourself or think less of yourself because of it. Okay. You know, we are all of us. And I think this of all humans, you know, I feel I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm super spiritual. Mm -hmm. If you follow anything that I do, you'll find out quickly that I'm very spiritual. So I feel God works through all of us, no matter your, you know, race, you know, age, background, God is always there. So I would say, you know, focus on your own development, focus on your own growth, but do it in a way where you're providing value to as many people around you as possible. And as long as you do that, right, and you don't get in your own head and get in your own way, which is very difficult to do, you will find some level of success, whatever you, however you define success, you will find it. Um, and that's the main thing that I would say. I did not go to college. I dropped out of college to go mm -hmm. to the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. right? So most of my knowledge of, of tech, I taught myself programming. I taught myself nine programming languages, right? So you, it's possible today with the internet to you know leverage as much of that as a resource as possible. If you don't have anybody in your office or in that job that's you know that looks like you, sounds like you. Uh, comes from where you come from, there's plenty of examples online that you can identify and find people that you can relate to. And there's more and more of us happening, you know, coming into this space as, you know, as time goes on. So what I would say is just remain positive, remain focused, and, you know, don't worry about what's happening around you. Focus on what's happening in front of you and, you know, become the best version of yourself you can possibly be. I love that. Well said. All right, so let's talk about uh, 
this defense contract. That's the that's the headline, right? So yeah. talk us through the process. What's it like behind the scenes securing a thirteen point four billion dollar government defense contract? I would say the the biggest thing that people need to understand is that the government moves like a snail. Oh, I bet a, a snail with handcuffs, <laughs> <laughs> with a huge brick behind it, right? <laughs> so the main thing I would say is it takes a lot of patience. Um, it's a lot of you know. The things that I say all the time, it takes timing and, and, and trust, right? It's a lot of developing trust and developing credibility so that people believe what you say. And it's not just about them taking your word for it. So behind the scenes, it's literally about putting together a strong case on why you, right? Why me? And that starts even before you start actually bidding on the contract. You have to build up this credibility, right? Just like if you're trying to get a job, you have to build up some level of credibility to get that job. So it's a very similar process, but it's super competitive, right? So, um, you know, at any given time, you're competing against thousands of other companies. So what makes you different? And that trust piece is the key part, that trust piece of being able to say, you know, we've done all the due diligence, we've gone through the, the motions and we have all the requirements met and not giving them an excuse to pass on you. That's the main thing, right? And the bigger the contracts are, the more credibility and trust you need. And then also it's about timing because most of these big deals, they come out every five to 10 years. So you literally have to be in the right place at the right time almost in order to win one of these situations, right? Mm -hmm. So behind the scenes, it's a lot of teamwork, a lot of people coming together from diverse backgrounds. Nobody cares about, you know, who you are and where you're from, all is about is can we accomplish this objective together? Let's all come to the table to make this happen. It seems like a very uh, military minded approach yeah. to things. So, hey, that, that's where I come from. <laughs> I'm at it. I bet you got a strong team with you too. So, that, that would make a lot of sense because, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. So, um, the reason why this news is such a big deal in our community, in the black community, is because it doesn't happen all that often. So my, my bar is, you know, if black people represent, just to pick a number, 13% of the population, then we should be 13% of the prisoners. We should be 13% of the lead roles in movies. We should be 13% of the people who get billion dollar government defense contracts, right? So if there's an over, then there's, you know, and you typically our over is bad, like overrepresentation in the criminal justice system. Um, and if there's an under and we're underrepresented in places, it's usually in good things like billion dollar defense contracts. Those are good. And we're underrepresented there. Right. Yep. So in your estimation, what are some of the things contributing to the current disparities we are seeing across the tech industry and maybe even across the general distributions of government contracts? What are some of the factors that are kind of contributing to that? So I actually just, and I can actually talk about this now, I got contacted by the Biden administration mm. to have a conversation with them about this exact topic. And we just put in our response to them yesterday. So this is something very close to heart right now. Um, I think the biggest issue is the same as every other industry, every other, you know, disparity that we see. 
it's historical, systematic, you know, issues, right? Yeah. And even in this space, it's the same thing. And across the board, that's what's happening. So it's the familiarity piece. And the reason why I brought up that concept of trust is because it's that crucial. Like if they don't know you, you're not getting a deal. Yeah. Right. And that's true in most industries. It's about who, you know, relationships are the, you know, one of the primary forms of currency that we have in our modern society. Absolutely. So as a person coming from a disadvantaged neighborhood that nobody there looks like you is doing anything that you're trying to do, you have very limited relationships. Right. And so if you look at it across the board, the people that are successful are typically the ones that have left their neighborhoods and went out and built relationships and connections in other areas and in other markets and other industries, sure. right? So that barrier of it's, it's who you know and who knows you is prevalent across the board in business on every level. So I would say that the biggest thing that we have to our advantage as millennials in this modern day time is that we can use the internet to become known. We can use the internet to build trust and to show and establish credibility. And I think that's one of the, you know, the main things that we have, the, one of the main tools that we have in this generation and the next generations to level that playing field across many different industries. But I think, it's, I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think that people, especially in the government space, I had to get to a point where I realized it's like, Oh, and, I, and I'm going to say this, this is probably one of the first times I've said this publicly, but a good chunk of the people that we've done business with in the federal space have been black people. Ooh. And it, that's true. Right. And if you look at most successful black people, there's a track record of other black people stepping in and helping out and coming to the rescue or, or you know, opening doors for each other. Right. And so I think the key for us is to not necessarily point the finger at anybody else. It's more so to say, hey, I'm here. Who's out there that can help me and look for those places where the people are already in those places that look like you, sound like you, you know, walk like you, talk like you yeah. and reach out to them and connect with them and add value. And that's that's literally the game. And and, you know, I've been able to navigate through this space. Yes, I'm a veteran. So that gives me some level of connections and network on the veteran level. But honestly, when I sat down and I did an audit of my history, there's always been, you know, somebody, you know, typically if it's a non-black person, there's somebody that I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a black person that I just met, <laughs> that, that, that's opening up a door for me. And that's OK. Yeah. And that shouldn't be stigmatized. That shouldn't be a negative. That's how the game works. Cultures look after each other sure. in, in every shape and form. That's how it works. Right. And if you go to China, it may not look like that because everybody's Chinese. Right. So that's what I think we can do. Um, and I think that's the, the, the main barrier to that is, you know, we need to focus on becoming known and becoming connected. And if we do that, that'll open up more doors and situations. And also, you know, we need to keep pushing the envelope on, hey, this is an issue. There needs to be more opportunities and more you know, options and more events for us to take advantage of. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest 
Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. We are here today with diversity advocate and history-making founder and president of Eminent Future, Mr. Isaac Barnes, discussing the tech industry, entrepreneurship, and the critical needs for diversity in these spaces. Now, uh, to your point, you know, we here at the Black Information Network, um, you know, there's very much uh, from the top down, from Tony Coles, the president, all the way down, uh, a culture of mentorship, right? Um, so I loved your response uh, in terms of, you know, Black people helping each other out. Anybody that gets a little further, let's keep an eye on, keep an eye out for who's coming up next. You know, the producer of this show, Chris Thompson, he's a mentor of mine. Um, and that's a very special thing to bring up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I know the answer, uh, but I wanted to ask, you know, if you felt like you were paving the way for black entrepreneurs um, and, and aspiring govern, government contractors in the future. And, I'm, and I see you nodding that, yes, you do feel like you're paving the way. But um, how about this? Why not share more with us about your strategy of 
leading with service and about the importance of prioritizing this strategy in uh, for others prioritizing that strategy in their own businesses and lives. So leading with service, let's talk more about that. Okay, so, and I can touch on both points briefly. Yeah, the The concept of mentorship, I wouldn't be standing in front of you right now if it wasn't for that. Like I said, I did not go to school. I, I, I learned from watching and connecting and diving into other people's experiences. That's the way I've always learned. And that's why school was never attract, an attractive option for me because it wasn't a place for me to do that, mm-hmm. right? But that's not everybody's way of learning. That's just my way of learning. And so what I will say is it's, it's, it's definitely time for us as people that are paving the way to be loud about it, right? We have to be loud about our successes. We're such a, you know, if people look at hip hop and they look at entertainers and all this stuff and they say like, you guys are so, you know, in, in, in your faces and, and um, you know, I would say boisterous about, about things. But in reality, we don't, we don't like to talk about our successes nine times out of 10. And it's because, you know, we feel like it's wrong for us to do it. It's it's prideful. It's you know, we're greedy, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest thing that, you know, we need to adopt is that we don't see enough of us. Right. And there is a concept of being a mentor from afar. Right. I, I looked up to a lot of people growing up and I'm sure you did as well. Those people I have never met. I just have studied their stories. I know the moves that they made. I know, you know, how they've how they've approached business and how they've approached life. And it's given me blueprints and steps that I could follow. I didn't necessarily, you know, copy it. I mimicked it and applied it to my own my own life and my own objective. Yeah, my own stories and my own objectives. Right. So the the thing that I would say for our space and for this industry, the the strategy that I use is exactly that. I literally, you know, one of the things I did early on to push myself out of my comfort zone in, in connecting with new people was I made a list of 100 businesses that all were making. And this, this came from a conversation that I had with my best friend at the time. I was like, man, I know no millionaires. I don't know any millionaires. This is like 10 years ago. I was like, I know no millionaires. So I made a list of companies that all reported they had revenue of over $50 million annually. And I contacted the CEOs of 100 companies and I ended up only getting meetings with 13 of them. Those 13 meetings were invaluable, though. Yeah. Right. And but most people won't step out of their comfort zone to go meet with a complete stranger because they think, you know, there's something wrong with it. And the key is what you said, being of service. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to those people and say, I need a job or I need this. I said, hey, I admire what you did. I would love to have an opportunity to purchase you lunch and hear your story. Yeah. I just need to, I just need to hear what you, what you did. I need to understand the moves you made to get you where you are today. And nine times out of 10 successful people love talking about themselves. Right. So they just opened up their doors. And the thing that I kept hearing over and over and over again is Isaac focus on others. I want to talk, I want to shift gears a bit. I want to talk about some other things that you've been kind of venturing into. Um, namely, you know, your crypto tokens, you know, you and your business partner recently established some crypto tokens. So tell us more about what you have going on there. So we dove into the crypto space. We've been like, you know, on the outside looking in and then also contributing from like a a policy perspective Mm -hmm. um, for years since I would say 2013, 2014. It wasn't up until last year 
we got a call from a contact. Um, and I don't want to mention his name publicly, but uh, we got a call from a contact in the army. And he basically reached out and said, hey, we're we're looking for some more innovation. We're looking for ways to, you know, solve these types of problems. You guys have any ideas? And we were like, sure. So we put a presentation together. We went and pitched them on, you know, how they could leverage blockchain and the crypto Web3 technology to modernize the entire army. They love the pitch, but we got to a point in those conversations where they were like, now is not the time, basically. And so we basically took that concept that we pitched them and we launched it publicly and just made it our own thing. And the vision behind it is we've created a decentralized mining network that incentivizes people for figuring out how to make mining green and sustainable. Right. So as you come up with better solutions and you prove that the mining you're doing isn't hurting the environment. Right. You're using alternative fuels, alternative energy. We will reward you and your rewards increase over time the more you can prove that to us. And we created a mechanism to track that. And so we launched that token a year ago. And before the whole market crashed, it was, you know, we reached number 2000 in the world on the, the popular exchanges for cryptocurrencies with zero marketing, just all word of mouth and connections. And then, uh, you know, we had over 5,000 holders and over a hundred and something miners globally. And majority of these people were black and brown people. I love it. What so that, good, good. I was gonna say that that's, that was how we dove into this space. And, you know, the, the vision, that was, a, that was a part of a larger vision. That's what I would say. Okay. Um, is, it, is it possible for you to share the name? Uh, just. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, the token is called X Mooney. If you okay. go to online and everybody in the Web3 space will understand why we called it that. <laughs> just, just wanted to make sure that you plugged it. Um, yeah. Because uh, I thought that was an interesting part of your story as well. Um, but I didn't want to say something that you weren't prepared to, to share. I know sometimes these things, you kind of play them close to the chest. Yeah. Um, speaking of sharing. Uh, let's go ahead and drop your social media. Obviously, you're, I believe you to be at the very beginning of an incredible story, an incredible journey. And so there might be some folks who might share that sentiment and want to keep up with you as you continue to grow and flourish in the uh, tech space and in the government defense contractor space and the you know crypto space and all these other spaces. It's just wonderful to see. Um, can you share any social media, website, anything like that folks can use to tap in? So I would say the easiest way to find me is going to my website. If you go to IsaacBarnes.com mm -hmm. and for those that have a hard time spelling it because everybody misspells my name, it's I-S-A-A-C-Barnes-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. If you go there, it has links to all my social media. You can get to everything from there. Um, and I, I know the sentiment that Barack went through now, uh, everybody misspelling his name T to this day. I still can't spell Barack's name, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I understand if people best, best my name up, I'm not offended by it. Well, but listen, man, my, my name is Ramses. So I, I feel <laughs> your pain and, and Barack's pain as well. So, well, I tell you what, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Obviously the, the story that you're actively writing and being the inspiring person that you are. Once again, our guest is diversity advocate, history-making founder, and the president of Eminent Future, Mr. Isaac Barnes. Thank you, appreciate it. And I, I just wanna give glory to God, first and foremost, to close this out. Absolutely. And before we go, I'll leave you with this.
Technology has the power to help solve pressing problems and close long-standing racial, educational, and social disparities across sectors. In their State of Tech Diversity reports, the Kapoor Center, in partnership with the NAACP, deliver the urgent call for bold and strategic solutions, comprehensive funding, and steady accountability to close racial equity gaps, increase Black representation, inclusion, and retention across the technology ecosystem. This is an issue of significant national importance for meeting economic demands for a robust tech workforce, innovation in product and company development, and global competitiveness. In this critical moment, definitive action must be taken to ensure we take appropriate measures to protect Black communities from harmful and discriminatory technology and practices. And furthermore, to ensure that our national and global communities can realize the full spectrum of benefits from the potential that technology has to truly create a more equitable future for all. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.